Hello, and welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We're so excited you decided to join us today. All right, now let's check out a recap of this past Sunday's experience. We hope you are blessed. (laughs) Amen, I survived. All right, if you came in a little late, I'm Scott Hunter, I'm the lead pastor here, and man, I love Christmas. So welcome to Christmas Eve at Genesis. If you've ever been here before, we're super so stoked that you're here. All right, so this is called the Great American Baking Show. How many people ever grew up with a mom or a dad or grandma or grandpa baking some Christmas goodies at Christmas time in the kitchen, right? Listen, I have like super vivid memories of my mom making my mamaw's sugar cookie recipe and she would just like, first of all, like dump it all in the mixer and like things would begin to like stir and stuff and like I don't really know how fast to churn this thing, so I'm gonna stop. All right, so. Maybe it needs more flour. All right, so. I would see her put in these ingredients and I didn't really know what it was going to do, but I knew that when she turned on the mixer, it was gonna be great and we were gonna have an amazing Christmas together. And so eventually it would turn out and look something like this. And then I would see my mom and she would let me like, sometimes if I was lucky and I hadn't like beaten my brother with one of these, she would let me roll it out and it would get sometimes stuck. But man, when she wasn't looking, oh my goodness, it was so good. You want some here? Try it. It's fantastic. All right. So, we would shape these, and then I would put it in the oven, and then they would come out. Some look like the gingerbread man, and some other ones look like they ate the gingerbread man. But then, like, my favorite part was that my mom, bless her heart and all of her vital organs, she would let me get the tube of the icing, and I just would go to town, man. And I'm telling you, like, when I said ice it up, I was like, oh, it's going to be on. And so... My cookies, they were beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. And then she would let me play the sprinkles. And so, man, I just prayed with them sprinkles. Oh, yeah, and it's so good. And then, you know, we always need some eyeballs on the gingerbread man and the snowman. She's a dentist. All right, so, and then it would just look a little bit glorious like this right? But here's what I remember about my mama. First of all, I would never win a baking competition as a child. Like those prodigies I get on there, nope, that's not me, right? And my skills have not changed apparently at all as an adult. But I would remember my mom getting these cookies that we would decorate and she would take a bite knowing that it was probably going to give her type 2 diabetes, all right? And my mama would pretend to love it. And then years down the road, I had two little girls. And my mom, is as precious as she is, baked with Addison and Ella. And if you know my children, she got some jewels in her crown for that. And so then I got to inherit that tradition of taking bite after bite for years after years of these kind of cookies and pretending that they were just so good, and I just ate diabetes like it was my job, right? Now listen, here's what I I know. (laughs) I have this memory in mind. And today, because of these kind of memories, I wanna start 
with a quote from one of the greatest theologians of all time, Dr. Seuss. And here is what he said. He said, sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Sometimes you and I, we don't get the value of what's happening in the moment until it's gone and it just gets locked in our brain. You see, in this series, if you've been with us, we've been breaking down Christmas, the whole story, like a recipe. And even if you don't watch baking reality TV like I do, let me tell you what we all have learned, that baking, it's a science. Because it all comes down to measuring. Everybody say measuring. Measuring. See, in baking, (laughs) you can make a mess really fast, right? If you're not measuring, because you have to measure this thing here, or you got to put this amount of baking soda, and I don't know why, but it's got to go in there, right? Or if you grab the powdered sugar, like I have done in the past, instead of flour, you get a disaster, right? Now, I don't understand fully how all of it works together in tandem and the science behind it. I just know that it is a measuring kind of science, so we got to do it right. Because when I look at the steps of baking that perfect cookie or that perfect cake, I have to trust the recipe because I cannot trust my skills, right? If I want the right kind of outcome, I have got to trust the recipe. So this whole ordeal had me thinking, man, what a great message series. Because isn't this so much like our lives? A great concept. See, because in one moment, when you and I are not calculated, we can completely mess up our lives. When we do not measure the outcome of a decision, we can crash and burn instead of creating an amazing masterpiece in just one brief moment. Why? Because life is not measured by time. We think it is, but life is really measured by moments. Do you not realize that your life is measured by your daily decision? And then that daily decision then affects every other outcome afterwards. So today, as we kind of wrap up this entire Christmas series with this great American baking show, really, in all honestly, it's not about baking. It's just about the concept behind it all. It's all about measuring. Everybody say measuring. Measuring Measuring life's moments. Those divine intervention moments of God showing up in your life. Those holy moments where the Lord breaks in and says, guess what? I've got a new recipe for your life. Here's what I want you to do in this moment. Here's who I want you to be in this moment. Here's how the steps need to be laid out that you've got to walk in because I want something great out of your life. Seems scary sometimes, isn't it, right? Trusting a new direction, a new directive by God for your life. Woo, happened to me, 9-11, man. I was an actor in New York City. This was not on my resume. I did, I did not see this coming, right? But I'm sure that's exactly how Mary felt (laughs) when God shows up with an angel and says, here's the new recipe for your life. Because without faith, if you look at the recipe that she was handed, what a disaster. There were so many ingredients that she would not pick to put into her life. She would not include, like being a pregnant teenager, right? Impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Explain that one to everybody, right? She's unwed. She's engaged to the super religious Jewish guy named Joseph. And she's got to go to Joseph and say, hey, Joseph, guess what? God put a baby in me. And both of them, more recipe added here. Ingredient, you're poor as dirt. Oh, also, you come from nowhere. Do you understand that Nazareth was literally 20 acres of land, 300 or less people in it. There were nobodies from nowhere. 
And then God throws in two big tablespoons of, guess what, you're nine months pregnant, so you're going to go on a journey because Rome has dictated a census that you got to take part in. And then he has like this little half a scoop of, guess what, when you arrive, there's not going to be any room for you in an inn. When you get to Bethlehem, you're going to show up, Mary, with your husband, you're ready to pop, and guess what? You're going to give birth to the king of all kings in a barn. Now, you can't tell me if you read that on a sheet of paper that that would not look like a disaster. But how measured is our God? Our God is so calculated. Our God is so purposeful. Our God has such amazing plans for us because if you don't believe me, you look at the story, you tell me one other person who has a birth story like Jesus Christ. So God is so intentional about the story that he's weaving all the time that he's creating. Now on the show, if you don't watch it, the great American baking show, the final thing that they bake off, it's called the showstopper. That's where we're at today. This is exactly what's happening in Luke chapter two with Mary. Here's what happens. The angels show up and begin to proclaim that this is the showstopper moment. Look at Luke 2, 10 through 12 and 19. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary pondered. Sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. See, scripture says that Mary treasured up these things and she pondered and thought about them and reflected in her heart. So that raises a question to me. What do you think that Mary was thinking about? While everybody else was excited, she slowed down in this moment and she pondered and she thought and she treasured. What did she ponder? What was she thinking about? What was she treasuring? I'm gonna tell you what I think she thought. And what I'm about to tell you is not some accidental guess because I wanted to come up here and kind of put a new fun little slant on the story or tell you a good story. I can almost guarantee you that Mary thought some of the things that I'm gonna share with you today that things that she reflected on and pondered on all that she had been through up to this point while holding the newborn savior, king of the world in her arms. I can almost promise you this, that she thought about God's promises from the past and that she thought about God's peace here in that present moment. And she was likely to think about God's power in the future. So let me unpack these three things quickly this morning. Give me 10 minutes or less of your time. I'm not gonna talk long, but I wanna show you, I promise you in some certain way that she would have had to stop and think about all the promises of God in the past because she had just given birth to a baby in a barn next to farm animals with no anesthesia. Mary, here's a stick, right? Now there are a few things that are memorable a little bit more memorable than giving birth? I don't think so. So it's admittedly already risky for me to say because I've never given birth, but there, <laughs> I was assisting with two times with my wife, Tabitha, and I got the joy of recording my brother's kid's birth with my sister-in-law and everyone in the room. So listen, all I did the whole time during both of those experiences 
was hold on tight, trying not to say anything stupid and that I would regret, and I prayed the whole time. But you just imagine, okay? Just stop and put your imagining thinking caps on, right? The chaos of giving birth in a barn. And then finally, there's this hush. It's all done. Things have finally slowed down enough for Mary to catch her breath. And she's probably thinking to herself, I'm really glad those shepherds are gone. And she took a moment alone with her baby boy, just like I want you to do today with the Son of God. And I want you to ponder and just to reflect on Jesus. Because I'm guessing at some point, holding her little baby, she probably thought, wait a minute, where are we at right now? Oh, that's right, we're in Bethlehem because of that stupid census, right? So she just probably remembered, wait, 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 there's a prophecy that's over 700 years old from the book of Micah that said, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, thought you were small among the clans of Judah. Though you are small, out of you will come one for me, one who will be ruler over all of Israel. And it probably dawned on her, man, we're in Bethlehem. 700 years ago, the Savior was prophesied he was gonna be born in Bethlehem and she's holding him. Wow, God is measured. God always has a master plan. Even up front, if it looks like a total disaster, he knows what pieces need to be moved. And I think she might have just remembered how frustrated she, she was when Joseph came home, right, and said, guess what? Caesar said, we gotta go to Bethlehem for a census, like now. And Mary said, like heck we are. And I know that she said heck because she was the Virgin Mary and she was holy, 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 holy. And she's like, uh, Joe, we're not gonna do that, okay? And perhaps she probably thought, on the ride there. This isn't fair. There's no way that I'm nine months pregnant. I got to go all the way on this journey, God. You can't be asking me to do this right now. But God is measured. How many people know that God is somehow weirdly always on time? Like when he spoke in Micah, he was going to get that prophecy fulfilled. And so he would get Mary there on time, barely, but on time. Why? Because he is the recipe maker and he knows the way that we should take. He is the one that knows what our outcome should look like always, even with Mary, even with you. And so you can almost imagine her just sitting there, Bethlehem. God took us to Bethlehem and he did it to fulfill that promise. And maybe she thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, there, there's more. I remember in Isaiah because I've been told this my whole life. The Lord himself will give you this sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Now this precious woman is holding Emmanuel, looking down and probably thinking, God is with me now. But my God has been with me in every moment every step of this way. So she stopped and she pondered. Now, I just wanna give you this chance to ponder. Like, can you just take this holy, quiet moment and just reflect? Like, I want you to sit here right now and recall some of the different ways that God has been faithful to you, that God has come through for you, how he's been fulfilling his promises over your life, even when you did not understand the recipe even when he tossed in some spicy ingredients that you're like, I don't want this in my life. I don't want to go through this. I do not understand why, yet you dealt with it and God still came through because God is faithful. And now you look back and it makes sense for some reason. Why? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 is true. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
Their plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Their plans to give you a hope in a future. And so I really believe that, mom, <laughs> that mama, Mary just pondered these things. She just thought about these. She's dwelling on these things of these promises of the past. And number two, I suppose that she pondered about God's peace in this moment. I mean, come on, the angels were singing about it. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But once that chorus had stopped and it was finally still and calm, maybe for the first time in a nine months chaotic experience, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the peace giver, just overshadowed her with the peace of God, calming her soul. Because now she's got to raise She's got to raise Jesus. And so I think she's treasuring up all these things in her heart. And I'm guessing that she might have over, you know, just looked over at Joseph. Maybe saw him in a different light after that whole experience. Like, my goodness, this man protected me all along the way. He stood by me when no one should have believed the story that I have a baby inside me because the Holy Spirit gave him to me. Like, so maybe she had a different piece about their relationship, that it was blessed and that it was going to stay strong. And just maybe if you take some time this moment on this holy of days, just to slow down and ponder, maybe you'll look back on different eyes like Mary looked at Joseph. And you'll see what you've been through this year. And you might have a little more respect for God. You might have a little more awe for the King of Kings. But you might be a little bit more overwhelmed by his goodness towards you. That he is the Prince of Peace then in the middle of the trials and he is the middle right now in this still tranquil moment. He is still the Prince of Peace. And he wants to remind you <laughs> and he wants to take your 2023 chaos and just flip it into this holy moment and remind you and say to you that I'm always here. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. And I know you probably didn't think that you were gonna come and have like this weird encounter with God right now in the middle of a baking series, right? But I am praying right now, peace be still over your life. Would you just let the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit just kind of rush over you right now? May he calm your heart today. He's got your tomorrow in his hand. Do not worry. If he was faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in your present and faithful in your future. Now, I wish I could end the message right here. Some of you probably do too, but um, I can't. Because lastly, I think that Mary had to reflect on one last thing. I think she had a, <laughs> knowing she had the son of God on her arms, like she had to be thinking about God's power in the future. Because if you don't know what happened next in the birth story of Jesus, Mary and Joseph actually took baby Jesus to the temple, right? To be dedicated, just like we dedicate our children to the Lord. And they went to this prophet named Simeon and the prophet took Jesus, lifted him up, raised his arms above his head and he praised God. And here's what the prophet said though. This child has been sent by God, but many will oppose him. And we see that throughout all the gospels. We see that throughout all of 2023. And then the prophet looked at Mary and he said something to her that no parent ever wants to hear. He looked at her, the mom who gave of herself and said yes to God. And Simeon said this, the sword will pierce your very soul. You know, there's no way that Mary could have ever known 
that the world's greatest blessing would be her greatest breaking. Because one day, she would stand at the foot of a cross and look at her innocent baby that she raised, grown up to be a man, suffering and dying on a tree, a death he did not deserve. But even in middle of horrific pain that she's dealing with, she knew cognitively, she knew experientially that God would never fail her. Because when you walk with God like Mary did, and you know God like Mary did, and you've seen his faithfulness in the past, and you've known his peace in the present, you too can undoubtedly say that I can trust him with my future. For I know my God is the recipe maker, and he is working out all things for my good. Even when it looks like a soul-crushing end, like Mary, I will trust him. Why? Because he's always, always, always faithful. And because his promises are always true. So I know that I can trust him with his outcome for my life. And sure enough, she could trust him. Because three days later, after she watched her Emmanuel die, her heavenly father, your heavenly father, raised Jesus from the dead. And the tomb could not hold him. And the stone was rolled away. And the lamb of God who was slain from the forgiveness for all of our sins from the foundation of the world was not there. The tomb was empty, showing Mary that her son had defeated death and hell and the power of the grave. And from that moment on, I'm telling you, from every future moment, if anyone, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you think that you are, if you will just call on his name, the name of Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. And in that moment, if you will call out his name, you will cross over from death to life, from old to brand new. Why? Because 2 Corinthians tells me so. Not because of my good works or not because I think I'm this great person. No, but simply because of grace, because God the Father decided to love you first and to send his son, let his kid die for you in your place so that you could live and know him now and live with him in eternity in the future. And he orchestrated all of it, mapped it all out, put a recipe together so that you can know God the Father, your maker. <laughs> and he's here, Emmanuel, right now urging you to make that choice urging you to call out, urging you just to believe, to call on Emmanuel, his son, Jesus. So today you will understand what it means when I say God is with you. What are you waiting for? This is your holy moment. Let's pray. Lord, I know you are so very present in this place. God, I know. that you are working, Lord, in this moment. So God, I just ask that you just grip the hearts, Lord, of those who are not in right relationship with you from, Lord, those that have pushed you aside, that have never given you a chance. So I'm gonna talk to two different groups of people. The first one is, if you are in a relationship with Jesus and you have chosen to push him out, to walk away, you know you're not living the way that you need to be living. You're not in a relationship with him and you know that you need to get back into right relationship with Jesus this morning. Here's your moment. 
Just slip up your hand and make eye contact with me and I'm gonna pray with you. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven. You're not alone. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. Jesus is saying, just choose me today. Give me your life. And I'll make something great out of your life. I will save you. I will clean you up. I will forgive you. I will make you new. If that's you in this moment, just slip up your hand and say, yes, Jesus, I need you. There's one. There's two. There's three. Maybe that's you online. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are at in the world watching right now. The same God that is in this auditorium, the same God who's sitting and his presence is so obvious in the sanctuary. He's in the room that you're sitting in. He's in the car that you're riding in right now. And if you will just say, I choose you, Jesus. If you will just pray the same prayer that we're praying right now, God is going to come into your life, sweep into your world, and change you in this very moment. So for those of you who need to come back and for those of you who need to begin, I'm telling you, there's a reason why we call this church Genesis, because it means to begin or begin again. This is your holy moment. If you'll pray this after me and you will believe this in your own heart or say it in your own words, it doesn't matter. God is going to save your life, change your life, and use your life. Pray this with me. Jesus, I need you right now. Come in, do what you need to do in my life. Hit the reset button on my life, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of what I've done to break your heart. Now clean me up. Wash me white as snow. And I believe, Jesus, you are who you say that you are. I believe you came here as a baby. You grew up to be the man of God, fully God, fully man. And you died for me. So today, I accept you as my personal friend and Savior. Today, I come back to you, Lord, and claim you as my risen Lord and Savior. And from this moment on, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, All right, thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church Podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 10.31 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 10.31 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee. God bless you and have a great day.